You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30 Radio! You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. (sighs) It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show! Outdoor Adventure Summits the Airwaves. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, Brandon Long. I'll be with you for the next hour. In studio with me, as always, in the Gear 3 Lounge is Todd, to the top. To the top. To the top. To the top. Um, this week's itinerary includes news and events, and I'm going to have to stop doing events if I don't get these things posted on time, because by the time they're posted- We just need to cover like events. April's events. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, But if you're in the shop, you'll hear what's going on tonight and tomorrow and the, next, and the weekend and all that kind of stuff. So those in the shop right now- uh, you'll get a chance to be able to hear what's going on. So we'll cover news, including um, the newlywed base jumper death, citation, fundraiser, drama, bad news thing going on. Also, I have a new. I have my Olympic crush. Do you have yours? <laughs> I have Olympic a- athlete crush this year. Wait a year. second. Um, yeah. Any. Female snowboarder. <laughs> we'll just uh, leave it at that. Yeah, uh, loser. Uh, Kate Hansen, oh. BYU student. We'll chat yeah, about her. Cool. Six die in Western U.S. avalanches. Avalanche advisory is high still, obviously. Um, U.S. slope style sweep. Jamie Anderson, half pipe gold. ILC bans Sarah Burke memorial stickers. Not good. And if you're Canadian, you can get free beer in Sochi. <laughs> I was going to talk about that. We have to cover awesome. every beer story. This, this is, is a, a great story. It's yeah. a brilliant idea. Killian Jornet wins Adventure of the Year and explores completes a 105-day trek to the South Pole. Alex Honnold, his El Senderoso Luminoso full video is now up on YouTube. We'll link it if you haven't seen it. It scares the living heck out of you. Like, he's holding on to Crimper's 512D Way up high on a mountain. I don't, yeah. It's scary. Also, Kiwis invent a new climbing event called, it's Boulder Gain. Like, like Rogaine, mm-hmm. but Boulder Gain. Uh, we'll explain that. Polar bear <laughs> dies from coat ingestation. An owl attacks a rabbit hunter. And Big Mouth Billy Bass saves the day. Events, and then for Gear 30, uh, we have GoPro going public. Heck yeah. Jones Ultracraft wins best in class. Skill session, lactic acids good for your brain. Running with influenza and training for new alpinism, as well as the quote of the week. So let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat. Flashes routes faster than UPS. Is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. So, yeah, to kick it off, we have some disturbing, sad news out of Zion National Park where a newlywed base jumper died. Her parachute failed to open properly. Um, this was Saturday. 28-year-old newlywed woman. I think they were married a week. 
Uh, she fell 2,000 feet to her death in Zion National Park. The base jumping is illegal in, in the park. Amber Bellows and Clayton Butler, her husband of yeah, two weeks, they climbed the 7,276 feet to the peak of Mount uh, Kanasaba with the intention of leaping off, according to Butler. So Bellows jumped first and her parachute failed to open properly. He leaped after her but was unable to reach. Could you imagine? You can see she's having issues with, and that's your wife of two weeks, and you try and base jump after her to cat like dive down to catch her and you can't reach her in time and you've got to pull your chute and watch her hit and then try and re- find her and retrieve her um which they weren't able to get her out until the next day i guess so it's a terrible story and on top of what happened the authorities then charged this man for his illegal base jump and he was facing, I think it was thousands of dollars in fines and jail time. But the citation has been dropped now against the base jumper in the fatal fall. So federal prosecutors have dismissed a citation issued to the newlywed husband of a woman base jumper killed in the parachute that didn't open. Um, park spokesman Ali Boucher's confirmed Wednesday that 29-year-old Clayton Butler of Salt Lake City was given a notice of violation under the Code of Federal Regulations, specifically a section, and this is bizarre, that bans, oh, I thought, okay, I read it differently on another, on another post, but bans parachuting from an aircraft structure or natural feature. So in another post, I read it bans, it said something like jumping from a natural feature, and I thought, well, I jump from natural features all the time, and it's just like a few inches and a few feet, but it's actually parachuting from an aircraft structure or natural feature in a national park. But as of Wednesday night, prosecutors dismissed the charge. Uh, so that's good, at least. Um, you don't want to add to this kid's mis- misery. Yeah, $5,000 or six months in jail upon conviction. They'd been married two weeks when this happened. So up even more news on this or updated. You can, you can help Clayton, who... Uh, apparently, he had, he had a lot of friends, and he was a well-liked guy, and they set up a donation page. It's at youcaring.com. It's We Heart Clayton, and they wanted to raise enough money to at least um, afford the burial of his wife, and their goal was eight thousand, or their goal was 10000 They have $8,455 so far, so that's awesome that they're almost there. If you would like to donate, you can go to youcaring.com and search for, for uh, We Heart Clayton. Um, and help uh, help the man out. Yeah, bad news. That would be a horrific event to see happen. So, should we cover? Let's let's cover a few more horrific stories. You want more horror? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's just take care yeah. of them at the top yeah, of the let's hour. Do it. Yeah, because I was going to go right into fun. Yeah, let's so, we'll, <laughs> save, we'll save the fun. Uh, avalanches. Yeah, bad news. Did you hear about the string of avalanches in um, what was it? They covered Oregon, Utah, and Colorado. Bad news. Yeah, this Oregonian reports an avalanche in the south. Wallawa Mountains. The what? Where that is. Wallawa. Yeah. Killed two cross country skiers. Uh, This was Tuesday. Uh, So that's this week. The two victims were accompanied by six other skiers, two of whom suffered broken bones. The other four emerged unscathed, which is often the case, probably just watching. They were cross country skiing. So they weren't even. I don't even know if they were back country, but they were cross country and they got nailed, depending on where they were. Even, you know, 
cross country skiers. And then in this next one, uh, snowshoers. Uh, this yeah. was uh, in Utah. Two people died in separate avalanches. Uh, Saturday avalanche in American Fork uh, Canyon, about 35 miles south of Salt Lake City, killed BYU student Ashley Cox while she was snowshoeing. An activity we all do and don't necessarily. Uh, for me, it's thing. not always on on my mind that. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, snowshoeing, if you follow a trail that's locally, you figure there's really no learning curve in snowshoeing. You just strap on a pair of snowshoes and you hike, exactly, right? Yeah. So anyone can do it, and and maybe that's something we need to do in the shop is, is make sure when we're renting snowshoes that we're um, updating avalanche information, making sure people are aware that avalanches are, are everywhere, and they can, I mean... You could have been driving your car up to Powder Mountain the other day and got hit by an avalanche if you were there at the oh, wrong time. Yeah, so no, they are everywhere, and depending on where you're at, you could get get nailed by one. Um, so use caution. The mountains are extremely dangerous right now. We're getting a ton of snow, so stay in bounds in the resorts for this week at least or weekend. Uh, if you want to go outside the bounds, then. North Fork Park is a great place to go. It's flat and it's way, it's further away from the mountain. Yep. Um, yeah, because the weather's really weird right now. Because it, it is, it's getting a lot of snow, dude, but it's it, fifty down here. <laughs> it hailed yeah. for about ten minutes earlier this afternoon. I was I was in the greenery restaurant, that yeah. old old building uh-huh. with that roof that's super old. <laughs> it sounded like because it thundered, and then and all the the ladies that work there that aren't exactly. Young, to get some more muffins. They were like, like, oh my gosh, we're gonna die. Did, didn't you? Um, no, it was, it was Valentine's Day. I got to shop shopping, done, you know, because I got you I took got like twelve hours. Exactly. So yeah. I, I'm ahead of <laughs> earlier things, than right? usual. Right, yeah, exactly. right. yeah, normally it's day of, but then the hailstorm came and hit that old roof down there, and it was super loud. It was awesome. But uh, anyway, yeah, like you said, weather's freaking weird right now. It is strange, yeah. So uh, making conditions even worse, I'm sharp on the mountain. Uh, other avalanche here in Utah was at uh, San Pete County's Huntington Reservoir. 36-year-old snowmobiler was killed uh, while riding with three companions. He died? He died. So we are out of beacons. That's how many people are like. I mean, we got people coming in and they read these stories and they're, they're like, dude, I need a beacon, which is great. But also, it does you a lot of good if you practice with your buddies, practice burial What's techniques. What's the price, price point on those these days? Are they getting more yeah, affordable? A couple hundred bucks. They're pretty expensive, actually. They go they go up to four. Do you see something. those getting more and more affordable? The more that they're being sold, well, you think? they're getting better and they're getting more complicated at the same time, yeah. and so the price doesn't necessarily drop on them because uh, you can do multiple burials now and multiple antennas, all these fun things on them that are good. But doesn't necessarily drop the price. It just right. makes them easier to use. Maybe you can find your your definitely more faster. common. Obviously, you're saying yes. there's sound out here, but uh, yes, more and more common to people, just average people to have, that, yeah. which is good. I take mine snowshoeing. Yeah. So I have a I have a full avalanche kit with me when I'm snowshoeing. I have a I have a pro pole shovel and beacon. And I, I, I started carrying all those when I noticed that when we were snowshoeing a couple of years ago. Um, and there was a touring group that passed us, and I thought, what if an avalanche wiped those guys out? I'd be able to help at least because I've got no, stuff true. in my yeah. back. So that's a good point. Um, yeah, you know. Anyway, so officially from the Utah Avalanche Center this morning, it's we're still sitting at mostly considerable. There's a pocket of high in Ogden, 
So a uh, high danger exists north through east facing terrain about 8,000 feet. Which by the time I post this, who knows what we're, it's, it might be like spring, <laughs> it's not March. <laughs> we could do but, some more of these fifties. This will come back again. Well, yeah, you know, it's kind of fun down here in the valley. It's you know like the rain's washing everything away, which is a trip. But uh, do you have more terrible? Horrific? Oh, just um, uh, the, the third state that was covered, Colorado. It was just a bad weekend. Um, um, separate avalanches killed two people. Um, 46-year-old skier died Monday when an avalanche swept him away. Uh, searchers found his body on Tuesday. Avalanche also killed a snowmobiler near Kebler Pass near Crested Butte on Monday. Officials think recent snowfalls may have lured adventure seekers into dangerous, unstable situations, which, of course, yeah. you know, the weather yeah. gets like that, and you do. You want to get out of it. snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's six. Six people killed over the weekend, essentially, in our backyard. Relatively. Relative backyard. The West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mormons are in the Olympics, and they are cute and hot. Um, <laughs> who are so we talking about now? I Kate Hansen, for those who... The luge she's or? the luge girl who dances to Beyonce. Yes, I saw her. Is she a doll or what? Her. She goes to BYU. <laughs> and, uh, she was popping has and more moves than anybody else at the Olympics, apparently. And there needs to be a new category for... Just best all around attitude, and yeah. you know, because she's finished tenth place, and I heard someone say like, "There, she's the happiest tenth place finisher ever at the Olympics," and she really is. Uh, last she's just night, oblivious to all the cameras. I loved it. Everybody's completely. watching her dance. Well, then they interview her, and the camera's right on her, and she had no problem performing Not at all. in front of the camera <laughs> to a Beyonce song. So she's a sophomore at BYU University, and she's from California. She yeah tenth after two runs on Monday. So, congrats to her for I don't know being my favorite athlete of the, <laughs> of the Olympics so far, Good which is cool. But she did not miss an opportunity to actually work on her missionary work there. Oh yeah, there was uh, uh, a gentleman she was approached by in his mid twenties, Timur. Bakarov asked if he could speak with her even though she was obviously engrossed in a phone call and she thought it was the press and she tried to politely decline the conversation telling them she was on the phone with her mom and he said I'm LDS and Kate's mother Kate told her mother I gotta go and he was an, he's the engineer for the Russian luge team from St. Petersburg and he wanted to chat with her because um he knew that she was LDS. She was an athlete and she was coming to town and he was kind of inspired by her and, and cause he had followed her, I guess it's sort of semi creepy, but, um, anyway, he's getting baptized into the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in two weeks. And he said that it was, had a lot to do with her and her attitude in the games and stuff, I guess what, but I guess the, the luge community probably knows who she is cause that's who he works for, but he probably knew her from a previous event or something, but Anyway, never never miss an opportunity to spread the the LDS <laughs> love there, which is yeah, good. So. Good for her. Good for her. So if you if you're gonna watch the Olympics tonight and you want to know what happens, stop listening. <laughs> kind of. <'Cause> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to not find everything out if you're on Facebook. If you're doing anything, you find out all they the cover results the night of the morning before. Yeah. The morning. Yeah. So exactly. it's like, oh man. Oh, sorry about that. You just kicked your mic into your tooth. <laughs> into I my think. teeth. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That's all right. But uh, yeah, rare winter sweep. U.S. rules the Olympic slope style. So for the third time in Winter Games history, the United States sweeps the podium, capturing the top three spots. 
last night, this morning, th- it's Thursday, whenever it's Thursday. Thursday. Is this women's or men's? I didn't uh, men's slope style yeah. skiing. Yeah. So, oh, and which, which name was missing in that list? Was it Bobby? Bobby Brown? Well, or it wasn't, didn't Sean remove himself from... No, that was snowboarding. No, wasn't that slope style? Snowboarding slope style. This oh, ski, this is skiing yeah, slope style. Ski slope style. So, I'm so behind on the And he was right missing... No, yeah, but he didn't even medal. He didn't medal in the half pipe. In the half pipe, yeah. So, yeah. Dude, yeah. Good on him. Yeah, the guys are... The, the slope style guys doing really well. And then uh, Tahoe's Anderson took gold in... Um, Oh no! What was she's the first ever women's slope style snowboarding gold medal? Was went to a U.S. I think we took gold and bronze in that there department. And unfortunately, the IOC banned Sarah Burke memorial stickers that say "I ski for Sarah" with a heart on there. <coughs> Excuse me. Athletes competing in the Sochi, Sochi, geez, who honor the late Sarah Burke with stickers on their equipment. Had to remove such memorials during the competition, the IOC committee told reporters on Monday. Boo, IOC. <laughs> Did they give a reason? I guess they don't have time. Uh, Tora Bright posted on social media that, that the IOC denied a request to wear a sticker during the games. I ride with the Sarah sticker on my snowboard and helmet always. Tora Bright posted on Instagram. The IOC, however, considered Sarah's stickers a political statement. And had banned them because it's political to die doing what you love in a half pipe, I guess. Um, the International Olympic Committee argues that such displays conflict with Olympic Charter bylaws prohibiting any form of publicity or propaganda, commercial or otherwise, <laughs> excluding excluding manufacturers. So Burton, Roxy, they can be everywhere. But yes, Shout out to Sarah who died. There's sticklers too. Yeah, obviously human rights issues that it's being taken place in Russia, but whatever. Yeah. Um. (laughs) IOC. Oh man. I don't understand the the politics of Olympics, which I'm glad I don't really have to get into. So, talk to me about free beer in Sochi. Yeah, let's talk about a good, yeah, a great Olympics. Canadians got the hookup, man. Okay, so if you're in Sochi this week or next week, how long does it go? I thought Another it was week? two or three or most of the winter. Three, two or three <laughs> weeks. It's a couple weeks for sure. Anyway, if you can make it, if you can buzz over there real quick to get some free beer, you got to get some Canadian friends. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Uh, so this was in Molson, uh, Canadian brewery has done, uh, and Mo- it's not just there. They've done it in uh, in several other cities around the world or around the world. It looks like mostly in Europe. Uh, they installed a locked fridge. Filled with beer on the streets of Sochi, so it looks like a like a Coke machine. It's awesome. Kind of. It yeah, looks like, like a, a retro freezer. Coke machine. But here's here's the catch on these. So these are just on on the street. These big freezers. Um, if you have a Canadian passport, you, you scan it, and you can take all the beer you want out of. The, like literally, you could take all that you want out. Well, um, how does you just keep? You, it should be gone in Canadian, a heartbeat if you got friends, is, right? Maybe, but Canadians are so nice that you know they just take what they need and not more. <laughs> it's honor system. <laughs> I have no doubt whatsoever. Oh, wow. they'll, they'll keep it stocked completely. Yeah, so that's that's in Sochi and other cities around the world. I yep, guess I didn't know that. Scan your passport, fridge opens, yeah. and you have ice cold oh, Molson right there. In the There's shows. even a, f- a video of here of it happening. Well, that's cool. I kind of love them. And I don't even, I'm not even crazy about that beer, but I kind of like them more now. But you would, 
you'd want to try it. Oh, because they're course. free, and it's like, yeah, let's see. That's like if, like, like Coors Light or something was out free out there. It's not, not my fave. So they picked an adventure of the year. Now, is this um, is this the one where uh, where we voted? We yeah, people voted. Now, th- is so there another one that they pr- vote for? I don't or know. It, it doesn't really matter because he won both. Oh, serious? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Nice. So uh, there's one that out. Uh, National Geographic Adventure magazine picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know. And then there's like, then there's voted on by the people. And they've been doing that voting for a while now. And yeah. they both pick the same guy. So that must be right. Must be the right person. <laughs> I think maybe they got the right person. Yeah. Sinto and Solomon, athlete, Killian Jornet, who has blazed a trail across mountains, set speed records on dusty trails, the snowy peaks, and above all, inspired a legion of fans to explore their own potential with his passion for the outdoors. Killian Jornet has now received some due recognition from those fans. The Sunto ambassador and Solomon has been named National Geographic Adventure of the Year. Wow. He was among several explorers, climbers, and adventure athletes shortlisted by National Geographic magazine for the prestigious honor, which is decided by public vote. So there you go. Uh, they included long-distance runner Diana Nyad, Explorer Sarah Marquise, climber Adam Andra, who is the man, and many other inspiring individuals with impressive achievements in exploration, adventure sports, conservation, and humanitarianism. A record number of 75,000 people voted in total. So that's individuals. Killian was recognized for his contribution to mountain sports. His speed ascents on uh, Mount Blanc... And the Matterhorn, which the Matterhorn footage is amazing to watch because they drop a rope, like a climbing rope, from it. But he doesn't he doesn't have a harness on or anything. He just grabs onto it and kind of swings down it, holds onto it while he's running down the mountain. And he has it in his hands, you know, in case he falls. Um, and he has, it says he has a humble mountain-loving philosophy. So uh, that's good. I don't know. I haven't met him. Maybe he's 26. Um, he's young. Yeah. The most exciting thing, quote, the most exciting thing is that this prize comes from the people, end quote, Killian says. Uh, so I want to thank everyone who has voted for me and everyone who has supported me since I started on this to feel that what I can do uh, to inspire someone and makes them go out on a quest for their dreams, that's what really matters, which I agree. I agree. That's a great honor, he adds. Um, I don't run or make these records for the recognition, but it is nice to receive a prize where the people have voted for me. Now, was it on the show when 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 we learned we heard that story where he would run? He was so far ahead that at the finish line he waited. I remember for a second, so he didn't have to cross by himself. Like he's <laughs> and or during the race, he would just wait for people to catch up, and so he didn't have to run by himself. He just yeah. to, that's how fast he is. But amazing athlete, absolutely amazing athlete. <laughs> really young still, 26 years old. Spanish. Um, Spanish guy, tall guy. Like, hey, What do you do? Ski mountaineer, long distance runner, mountain biker, and duathlete. Mountain running, mountain biking. And he's 26. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. So speaking of endurance and long distances and things, there's uh, I, found, I ran across this blog. It's the 5,000mileproject.org. They ran South America. The entire continent of South America, they ran it. Uh, it's this couple, and they trained barefoot running, so they had the proper technique to do the entire stretch. And it was um, 6,000 
504 miles. That's all. 6,504 miles. And it took them uh, a year or close to it or something. I can't remember how long it took them. But they have a blog and it goes, there's a ton of stuff on the blog that talks about their journey and why they did it. And there's a map of, of where are we now. It shows like the bullet points of how where they traveled through South America. And it's it's phenomenal and crazy inspiring because it just goes to show you set your mind to something you can accomplish it uh, I don't know of anyone else who has done that so congratulations to them and check out that blog if if interested and in the same vein uh, there's a couple of guys uh, who completed Scott's Antarctic journey so more than 100 years ago Sir Robert Falcon Scott and his team they were going to put a little flagpole into Antarctica's icy sheath, according to Outside Magazine. The five men reached the South Pole on January 17th, 1912. That was a long time ago. But they died of hunger and exhaustion during their return. You're only halfway there. Plant the flag. You still got to get home. And they didn't make it. So early Monday morning this week, two modern explorers became the first people in history to complete. I thought they'd gone to the South Pole, but I guess maybe not in this manner. I'm assuming, I'm not really sure. But these two explorers became the first people in history to complete the nearly 1,800, that is huge, 1,800-mile trek in Scott's Steed. So Ben Saunders, 36 years old, and former Wasps rugby player Tarka Le Herpenmeyer, 32. So 36-year-old and a 32-year-old, they walked... Uh, 1,795 miles, so basically 1,800 miles, across Antarctica in 105 days, pulling sleds with more than 440 pounds of gear. And temps were frigid. They were as low as neg 50 degrees Fahrenheit. They were outfitted in modern gear, and they had modern intel and all that kind of stuff. They maintained a blog the whole time throughout the journey across the tundra, and I'm sure they'll be in Banff film next year, maybe. Uh, Saunders wrote in his latest post, Emotionally, Tark and I are still numb and exhausted that he and I are here at all in the end of this journey with an unbroken 1,795 mile loop skiing track behind us is something I owe to an awful lot of wonderful people and companies that have carried on believing in me in this dream. So congratulations to these guys for completing that trip. Now, that's been like almost 100 years. No one did that. So that's a feat. It's crazy. No one went back like three years later or anything, you know, or 20 or 50. Like it was nearly 1912 was the last time they attempted. Well, or 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 accomplished it. That's incredible. What a great story. You are listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Shop Gear 30 premier mountain equipment and improve your outdoor experience. Gear 30 Radio. Rock and Ice has the link to... Alex Honnold's it's six minutes and 11 seconds of footage on El Sendero Luminoso. The full version of it's not doesn't show the full climb. It just has a better has an intro and um, shows that shows him completely exposed on these crimpers. Um, it's a 2,500 foot climb. It's 512D, no rope. He free climbs it. 15 pitches. He does it in like three hours or some ridiculous three. Yeah, three hours. It is potentially the hardest free climb by any man to date, period. And I, I doubt that'll be repeated anytime soon. Like, that's insane. What's crazy is in the video, it shows 
his buddy um, video videoing him, you know, and talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, like this man, I I gotta I gotta video my friend, and what if he falls? Like, oh, I know, I work, know, you know, like I know, it's I, true. I'm the photographer on this, and for, what if something bad above, happens from like, below? Yeah, I know. Oh sometimes they're fully gosh. covered. Yeah. So crazy, yeah. So uh, there's a new climbing. You know those kiwis, those crazy kiwis. There's a new sport. It's <laughs> I don't know this called one. boulder gain. Okay. So boulder gaining combines two sports of right. bouldering. Got it. And row gaining, which I'd never heard of. Row gaining is is I well, let's see if I can find the definition of it here. It it's kind of like you got to find it's navigation based challenges. So it's a navigational game um in in endurance. So it's it combines is it combines endurance and navigation. They're challenges and it just takes you to two different or multiple different areas whatever. Um so participants navigate cross country terrain in search of electronic checkpoints during boulder gain which will be held in a 4 kilometer square area of limestone. So then you get extra points for bouldering up the the rocks that you find while rogaining between points between points yeah. or whatever yeah so yeah that's so now there's a new sport it has been born this they're having a competition and all this kind of stuff and before you know it we'll be boulder gaining in the Ogden Boulder Field I've never just even heard of rogaining that shows I've never heard of rogaining either Does developed as a sport in its own right in the early 70s what? It's that old? Yeah, but 24-hour walks have been held since at least 1947 because it's teams, let's see, of two to five members visit as many checkpoints as possible in 24 hours, all on foot. That's the biggest thing. It's, it's all on foot. So it is endurance. And so yeah. that would get tough because, first of all, you're, you're active for 24 hours, and then you're bouldering. So you can imagine you're going to get tired. Well, sure, yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the, Typically, teams may cover more than 60 kilometers in a... 12-hour event or 100 kilometers and a 24-hour event. Yeah. Okay, wait. When did you say it started in the 70s? Started in the 70s. Okay, well, this... What, 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 Alpinist said it started in the 90s, but... Well, they said in its own right. Maybe it was loose, loose, you know. Maybe not nearly as organized. Maybe it became more organized but in the 90s. But it's the same thing, yeah. They, okay, so this is Melbourne University Tramping Club... <laughs> I like the idea of tramping. Which that's like old time hobo tramping. They yeah. held periodic twenty four hour navigation challenges in an effort to discourage teams from simply following the team in front of them. The rules were changed to encourage visiting checkpoints in any arrangement and order. Rod, Gale, and Neil Phillips, who devised this system, used the first letter of their names to create Rogaine. And of course, it originated in Australia. Yes. Boulder gaining is another way of interacting with the outdoors and experiencing the joy of upward movement. It's, yeah, it's climbing in all forms, not just mountaineering. It's boulder gaining. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It sounds pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, challenging for sure. Australians, they don't mess around either. Now I got some weird stories. I got a, so uh, earlier London from the, the shop here uh-huh. posted a story to his Facebook page about all these dogs that do uh, bad things like eat stuff that they're not supposed to and you know tear up the house right. and the couches and stuff and they're okay like dogs can eat just about anything and, and live it seems like as long as they can pass it because yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. this polar bear like they eat couches the, the one dog ate like a laptop 
like keyboard and stuff, right? Oh, but gosh. this polar bear in a zoo. Oh, this poor polar bear. I read Twenty-five-year-old yeah. polar bear in Germany's Germany Zoo. He's dead after eating a coat in a bag that somebody dropped into there on accident and uh, into the enclosure. It's so sad. I uh, could have lived another 15 years because they lived to about 40 years old. The bears reportedly acting ill for several days for began regurgitating pieces of the jacket. And uh, after realizing what was wrong, zookeepers administered a drug to induce vomiting, which, um, what's that? What's that alcohol that you can buy over the counter? That's what you can oh, so to make yourself, uh, to make yourself yeah, like throw. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, <clears throat> but it was too late. Anton, Anton passed away. According to the zookeeper, Andreas Volsner, animals do not normally eat objects dropped in their habitats. Usually he just rips things up. And <laughs> so he doesn't, they don't know why he decided to eat this object. And they can only assume there must have been something very tasty in there. A couple of bad zoo stories. You see the zoo story? I didn't bookmark it. The I don't even want to talk about it. It's a horrible okay. story. All right. We won't talk about it. It is horrible. No, but it is. It's, it's you see a the crazy picture? story. It's a crazy story. And the fact that everybody in attendance, we're talking about the, the giraffe. Uh, yeah. Killing and autopsy, but everybody with, that was with watching, the crowd of kids, everyone there paid. They did not pay. They paid to, to watch it. it. Yeah, like uh-huh. an educational. There's kids. There's there was kids. a lot of kids, not just a couple. There were a lot of kids in that picture. Like this is normal. Just go giraffe killing and. And the thing was, is that you know it was a healthy giraffe too, but they claimed they didn't want to do inbreeding. Yeah, exactly. But meaning that and that mimicked natural him, life. Let's move him to a different zoo. So, I, yeah, there was some guy who offered some millionaire who offered thousands for this giraffe, and but yeah, yeah move it to a different. You can't zoo. ship it. You got to kill. it. I don't understand. A horrible um, story. It's yeah. one of those crazy ones. So anyway, uh, if you're if you're a rabbit hunter, watch out for owls. You Can't. could get attacked. Uh, an owl attacked a rabbit hunter on Digby Neck. I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know where that smart is. smart of the owls. Kevin O'Neill was coming home from checking his rabbit snares uh-huh. in uh, Meat Cove Tuesday when uh, he had gone in towards his hunting camp and uh, saw an owl sitting in a tree. He says he talked to the owl. This is getting, you know, because that's what you do. Then a half hour later, just as it was getting dark, the owl attacked. I came home from lobster fishing and went to my rabbit snares. This is hardcore outdoorsman. And on the way back to my truck, carrying a couple of rabbits, a, a bard, B-A-R-R-E-D, a bard owl, uh, swooped down and struck me in the face. And the pictures tell the rest. It's a pretty freaky story. So he's got blood all over his face. He's, he's holding his rabbits. Don't let go of the rabbits, obviously, to, to swipe the owl <laughs> away from your face. I'd let Instead, the, let, the owl, let it, yeah. the owl just dominate and uh, take over. But well, we got a nice uh, show from London well, here guess, on the side. I'm glad it's not a video right now. <laughs> yeah, we covered yeah. that at the beginning. Yeah. Well, must so the, yeah, it was, yeah it's, I don't know. Weird things happen when you're out there in the woods, man. So you remember those big mouth billy bass fish that talk? Yeah, you know, you course. hang them on your, you know, those things what, are awesome, what, right? That was like the gift of the year years ago. Uh, yeah. In, what is it, 98 or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, so bad. score one for the fish for the big mouth billy bass. Uh, crime scene of a break-in at Rochester's Hooked On Fishing Shop showed evidence that a burglar got scared off by a motion-activated singing bass, authorities said. <laughs> That's awesome. The novelty bass, (laughs) which had been hung near the door and would start singing, take me to the river, whenever someone (laughs) entered the shop, was found on the floor after the intruder knocked it down as part of breaking the door when getting in. (laughs) 
But the intruder appeared to have left in a hurry without stealing anything. Not tackle nor cash that had been left in any visible spot, Sergeant Tom Clayman said. The bass took one for the team, Clayman said. There were plenty of things to take, but nothing was missing other than Billy's pride. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that awesome? So there's a local story, too, in Salt Lake. A guy, she went through the roof of a golf of a store to get to break into a jewelry store the store's closed right drops through the roof uh-huh grabs a bunch of jewelry can't get out jewelry store owners have cameras everywhere a uh-huh. b shatterproof glass doors are locked so can't he's taking a, a, a what do you the thing the, the fire extinguisher uh-huh. to the door but the alarm's going off already and so, and he can't, he can't shatter. He literally cannot shatter the glass to get out of the building. It's just a jail Cops cell show farm. up and he's busted. He lays down and grabs a cigarette. He's like, all right, come get me. I'm done. <laughs> this is just in Salt Lake or something. See, that tells you too. <laughs> Getting up the mountain is only half, you have to be able to Halfway, get back you down. you got to get <laughs> back out. Oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. That's all the news stories I had. And I won't go into this, but we need to post it. This is actually pretty interesting. Uh, do you know Reddit? Are you familiar yeah, with yeah, Reddit? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Les the Stroud, front who... front page of the internet? What's that? Essentially, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah I, I read the Did whole you read interview. Most of I read all the questions and Anyway, everything. yeah, and I think we should post it for anybody who might be interested, because I think most of us like Survivor Man, like Les Stroud's. Yeah, I, was, I just... He's, he's kind of cool. He's, he seemed a little short and dry and smart I don't think he's a there, real... But, Public person, person. Yeah, he's and that's the reason why he takes to himself. But I think it is kind of interesting. Some of these questions seem pretty honest. You know what I mean? He is my favorite outdoor survivalist Survival person to watch on TV. That's for sure. Yeah, there was one that I liked that addressed um, our other non-survivor oh. guy. What oh, he it? takes jabs at any chance he gets. Oh, where where is it? It's really he's funny. poking fun at grills, and he's that's it exactly. At, yeah, he's what they say oh, let's about. See if I can find it. Anyway, I'll have to post it. It's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, look for that quote. That's pretty good. I kind of like these uh, these little AMAs, these Ask Me Anything. I don't know if you ever read those. They're kind of fun. That was the first time I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they do all kinds of people. Oh, there, yeah. So. Certain you know celebrity musicians, anybody you might not know much about, if they really yeah, commit to answering, yeah. they just, for whatever it is, an hour straight or longer, they answer honestly everything that that's comes cool. through. Yeah. So tonight at Gear 30, ski touring basics. If you ever wanted to learn how to backcountry ski or split board or just get like an overview of it, um, or you've got stuff and you're a little nervous because of the avalanche danger, you want to know where to go, uh, come down to the shop tonight. Well, that would be <laughs> the night that we're actually here talking about the podcast, which is Thursday Anybody who's in the shop listening here. Uh, yeah. February 13th, Valentine's Day Eve. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, every Thursday it's a free basics class. And actually, next week will be the first Thursday in about four or five weeks that it's, it's not free. It's a prepaid avalanche class. Um, but that class is, is full and taking up our classroom. So we'll, then the following week we'll be kayaking. So I'll put that on the agenda kayaking in two Thursdays. Uh, this Saturday, oh my gosh, so much is going on. So, Striders Winter Racing Circuit 10K at the Event Center. Also, this Saturday and Sunday, Banff Mountain Film Festival at Peary's Egyptian Theater. Do not miss that. Go get your tickets early. It always sells out. And get there early. Get in, your, get in the beer line early. And grab a couple beers, um, popcorn, eat before you go, and you'll be solid. 
The movies are phenomenal. Moonlight Snowshoe is Tuesday. Ogden Canyon Overlook. Uh, hopefully, as long as the conditions are okay. Then Dawn Patrol Wednesday. Dawn Patrol every Wednesday through the Weber State Outdoor Program. 5 o'clock, 4.30 actually meet. And then, like I said, the Area Level 1 class, which I believe is sold out uh, through the Weber State University Outdoor Program. The classroom will kick off here next Thursday, February 20th. It's $200 for student, $250 for non-student. If you're interested in that type of stuff, get a hold of the Weber State Outdoor Program for more information. Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show podcast is next Thursday. Don't have a guest for that one yet. If you know anyone, hit us up. Brandon at Gear30.com. Kayak roll sessions begin on the 20th as well. And then this is really cool. If you've read Born to Run, and then you know about the Taramaras and the the people that uh, ran barefoot and were sort of the um, stars, I guess, if you will, of the book Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a snowshoe event at North Fork Park on the 22nd in which Gear 30 is donating our snowshoe fleet. And you can go to just show up at North Fork Park and you can go on a, I believe there's some snowshoe tours and or a race. And the money donated there will go to the kids, the Taramara tribe, um, through a nonprofit to help the education of the Taramara kids down there in Mexico, South America, wherever they wherever they are um, yeah so it's just cool February 22nd you can help out the Tarmar right here in Ogden well North Fork Park and after so February 27th is the kayaking one that we talked about Gear 30 Basics another Moonlight Snowshoe on March 4th March 5th is Domitrol you get the, you get the deal oh actually put March 6th on your calendar because we'll have Luke, Luke Nelson uh, ultra runner and darn good one on the podcast so come down to the show, he'll do a podcast, and then he'll do a basics class right after. Nice. So GoPros going public, Gear 30 time. Do, 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 do. Gear 30 is, or Gear 30, oh boy, man, I don't know, but that's going to be years for Gear 30 wants to go public. GoPro to go public. Um, GoPro Inc. Now, they haven't yet, or did they? They announced today that it plans. Okay. Today was February 7th, so we're a little behind here. Um, to register initial public offerings of its common stock, the offering is expected to commence after the SEC completes the review process initiated by GoPro's confidential submission on Friday, February 7th. Uh, the announcement's made pursuant to and in accordance with Rule 135 of the Securities Act of 1933. Uh, they, they've applied to, to do it. Now, they're... CEO is young and ambitious and brilliant and good on him. So I don't know about taking these. I don't know about going public. I guess it, I mean it's good. I mean I don't know. Some people make a lot of money. I just hope it doesn't damage the brand. Hope they are. They have a great vibe right now. An awesome vibe. They're doing so well. So good on them. Jones Snowboards Ultra Craft. It's like a black. I don't know. Ripper ripstick. It won uh, Best in Class at ISPO. So the leading international sports business trade show has recognized the Jones Ultracraft Splitboard as the winner in the Action Segment Splitboard category. ISPO awards honor the most exceptional snowboarding goods that are selected by a neutral jury. Jury. That's the word that you can say, even if you've had like a lot to drink and it still sounds the same, I think. Jury. Yeah of independent sports business professionals. Uh, many categories feature several hundred entries from exhibitors and non-exhibitors, and winners are chosen based on clearly defined criteria. 
This is a huge honor for us, said Jones Snowboard's founder, Jeremy Jones. Our commitment to providing riders with the best, most progressive gear is what drives our brand. Knowing that the global snow sports industry finds the ultra craft as revolutionary as we do is exciting and humbling. So congrats, Jeremy Jones. You make good stuff. There's lots of Jones snowboards here in the Gear 30 if you're looking for one. And <laughs> I can see the edge of one right now. Yeah. Uh, skill sessions. I actually just found a couple articles. Uh, we haven't really done a skill sessions for a while, but I thought I found a couple that were interesting. One, lactic acid mm-hmm. fuels your brain. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that. I saw the, the lead on that. I didn't read it, though. Uh, it can actually help you be happy fit and motivated so the more you know they say people who work out are usually typically happier well they may have now figured out part of the reason why and the lactic acid may help with that researchers at the university of bristol and university college london found that lactate or lactic acid it causes the brain to release a hormone and neurotransmitter crucial for basic brain function that hormone called norepinephrine helps control stress pain and appetite even and can motivate us to get out of bed in the morning so most of us who have experienced lactic acid buildup in our muscles which is like go hike malins this weekend and you'll learn what lactic acid buildup is uh, we know it's not fun when we exercise our bodies produce lactate which is what makes our muscles burn and get fatigued but in the brain it's an important energy source so red bull you know figure it out figure out how to get like lactate into your <laughs> into your drink <laughs> be crazy uh, it's important to get energy source to keep the neurons fueled it's also a signal to those neurons to create more of the essential motivating hormone uh, quote if we can regulate these release of non-adrenaline which is absolutely fundamental for brain function then this could have important implications for the treatment of major health problems such as stress blood, blood pressure pain and depression says some doctor out of bristol so I said Red Bull because there's an ad for Red Bull right next to this article. <laughs> of course. Red Bull Total Zero, nothing but wings, right next to the article. It's like, dude, don't work out. We've got Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you to that place. And then in, in another, I mean, they're always long articles on irunfire.com it's like uh, they run far they write long articles so uh but they're really good and it's oh man we've been talking about this in the shop a lot lately and that is dealing with the flu and trying to maintain your your running or your ski touring your but you're sick and so what do you do like how do you how do you work through being sick with the flu yet trying to train for your races um, there's an article with it on ironfire.com down with the sickness guidelines for running during and after the flu I am telling you you can easily waste two weeks of your life trying to run through the flu and instead of just taking a week off and saying let's get this thing over with and that's eventually what I had to do last week I just had to take a couple days off and I because I, I was working out I was running I was ski touring and finally I said okay dead week I'm laying in bed today and I'll go to work, but I won't do anything to tax the body. And it finally went away, which, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. I thought it was going to die. It, like it was terrible. I thought I was never going to get healthy again. You really do have to know when to slow down. And also I did pick up the new book. It's from Patagonia publishing training for the new alpinism. I got it down at the outdoor retailer show author, Steve house and his, um, he was there, I'm guessing. That. He was there. He signed it. Yeah. And his coach, 
who I believe lives in Salt Lake. It's Jim Jim Jones, um, or he owns the gym, Jim Jones or whatever. That's not his name. But uh, a man, a wealth of knowledge. So if you're into mountaineering, if you're into rock climbing, if you're into ultra endurance sports, Training for the New Alpinism book is a great resource for diet, uh, um, acclima- acclimating to um, high... Oh my gosh! What am I? Altitude, altitude acclimation. Jeez, I'm, I need more altitude. synergy yeah, in what's my the word, yeah. head right now. <laughs> Water, whatever that is. So yeah, but it's it gives you some great ideas on how to improve your climbing, uh, how to train. Obviously, different techniques for training. It, it's full of all kinds of gems, and there's even a paragraph in there about dealing with, just like that Iran Iran Far article, dealing with training through the winter and, and when you get sick and how to not work out when so good stuff there from steve house check out that book if you're interested 35 bucks i think it is that's all i got dude that's pretty pretty good pretty packed that was a full hour we didn't have a guest <laughs> and we had different segments other than news, other than I, news. I love just news but it seems like sometimes we pack way more yeah so this week's quote of the week where there is love there is life mahatma oh, gandhi appropriate you got anything else? You going to have a good Valentine's Day? Yes. <laughs> I'll be working tomorrow. Happy right, V-Day we'll celebrate Eve then. Tonight. Oh, that's tonight. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, good luck at Slackwater tomorrow Thank on you Valentine's much. Day. Good luck to all you lovers out there. Um, I had a gal come into the shop. She called first uh-huh. and said, are you going to have any stand-up paddleboard rentals in July? I said, sure, that's a ways off. She said, yeah, okay, well, I'm just doing this thing. I'll be down in a minute. I said, okay. So she came into the shop. She said, what I'm doing is, she was the cutest thing. She's like, I'm buying, I'm pre-purchasing dates for every month of the year for my husband and I to go on a date. So I want to pre-purchase a a stand-up paddleboard rental, two of them. So she bought a gift card for Two stand-up for paddleboard rentals oh, course, in yeah. July. That's so awesome. they have something to do every month. Uh, Is that a good idea her. or what? Good for I her. I love it. So she's <laughs> I want to know what he has planned. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. She wins, man. She wins. So thanks for listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show on Gear 30 Radio. Adventure for your ears. Find the OA Show podcast on iTunes and gear30.com. John Muir would say the mountains are calling and we must go. Have a good week. I have been searching all of my days All of my days Many a road, you know I've been walking on All of my days And I've been trying to find What's been in my mind As the days keep turning into night